Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome back to another episode of The Kingdom Says. I am not Garrett, who is usually the host that does this introduction. I'm Kyle, usually in the co-host seat, and I'm joined by neither of my normal co-hosts at this exact moment. We might get one of them here soon, but uh, I have a guest with us today. He's a very special guest, um, former chief, uh, current host of a of the of a, of a Chiefs podcast. Also, um, Mr. Joe Valerio. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kyle. It's great to be with you again and uh, regrouping from the last time we were together and, you know, following Chiefs Kingdom and, and uh, you know, now we're at Super Bowl time. So it doesn't, doesn't get any better than this, the culmination of the season. And here we are back again, and, three out of five years. <laughs> five out of five in the title game, three out of five in the champ in the Super Bowl. It's uh it's a different time in Chiefs Kingdom than what a lot of us remember and some of like me growing up, we didn't have any of these. And, and even for, for a lot of fans, it's, it's a whole different era. And, and I think the thing that a lot of us have been talking about that have been around for as long has been appreciate this era of football, because it isn't always like this guys. It doesn't right, always right. look like this. So from that perspective, what you watched Mahomes, not just Mahomes, because Chris Jones was an absolute destruction force on uh, like two weeks ago now almost um but what you watch those two guys do kind of to cement their i don't want to say cement their legacies because both of them were already pretty cemented but that extra thing that next thing to the ledger book for you in the in the um list of achievements and in, in games for them i mean you mean as far as this season goes? Yeah, well, just yeah. what they did on Sunday with with Mahomes yeah. playing on basically one foot and Chris deciding that he yeah. needed to just ender of worlds that game from the perspective. Yeah, of he does I, I mean, look, it was there was a lot of pressure on them, right, to get back to the Super Bowl, and and you know the fact that they had you know lost to the to the Bengals three times in in, in the last two seasons, I think. That was an added pressure that I was wondering whether or not it was going to actually, they were going to fold under that or whether or not they were going to use it to their advantage. And it obviously looks like they use it to their advantage because they were, they were, they went into that game beat up, haggard, you know, without their receiving core, Travis Kelsey's, you know, limping into the game, Patrick Mahomes is limping in the game. And if they're all healthy and that's a, that's a healthy chief team, Maybe they maybe they beat the Bengals by ten, you know, two touchdowns. I mean, so the fact that they went out and did what they did, as battered and bruised as they were, I think puts it in one of the best games that this team has probably played 
in, in if you wrap it up into one big package, probably one of the best games they've played in the last five years, right? Just yeah. when you take all the factors in, yeah, they, yeah, they won a Super Bowl, you know, but when you take in all the factors of of the the injuries and 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 everything that was going around, I, you know, the, the distractions, um, because I think the Burrowhead stuff was was actually more of a distraction than it really was a motivation. That just stuff just gets in the way. And that's why I'm glad that this Super Bowl, we're going into it with as few distractions as possible, right? I think the I think the most controversial the thing that's been said so far pre-Super Bowl has been Juju Smith-Schuster saying that Philadelphia doesn't have the best cheesesteaks. Like that is the most, if that's the, if that's the craziest bulletin board material that goes up, I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, what's going to be an amazing Super Bowl being played by two great teams without all the nonsense and shenanigans that generally goes into these games. And I just think it's, it's a sign of two respectful teams that really like each other in some, you know, not like each other in the way that they don't want to beat each other, but they just have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. And that's what you want to see, right? That's, that's what we want to see. We don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the nonsense, you know? I, I'm personally, uh, as the fan side, as growing up, like I'm, I don't mind the rivalry stuff. I, as much as, just as much as I, now it's not to the level of the Raiders because that's a whole long history of hatred, but with the Bengals thing, with the amount of talking, with the amount of things and the mayor and his weird yeah. video proclamation thing that went far beyond anything I've seen in trash talk and just became a weird right. all right. Own thing. <laughs> right. right. Like that's where it became for me. And I would assume for a lot of guys now, at least from today's players, that can become an, an, a motivation thing because like that thing with the with the the burrow head is one thing the the paternity test thing with the dad that became right, right. Its own separate breed and that's where when you hear Mahomes even mention like the mayor was coming at me man like he heard that one and like that one at least made made some made some track record in his mind he at least had the ability to bring that one up so like right that's the kind of stuff where it's fun and all, but that a lot of that I agree is mostly for the fans as most yeah. of that stuff is for fans. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. I agree. You know, I mean that, that stuff is, you know, it, it's look, I love the rivalries. Don't, don't get me wrong. Kyle. I, I love the rivalry that we had in the nineties with the Broncos and the Raiders and, and, and every AFC West team. And, and we, we were actually battling with the bills a lot back then. Um, I, I, I love the rivalries. It's just, it's the, it's the trash talking and the bulletin board stuff that comes back to bite you. Cause once it starts for one team, it goes to the other team too. And that's what my fear always is, is that it escalates to the point where it actually becomes detrimental to both squads, as opposed to what, what this Super Bowl is going to be going in and, and oh, yeah. what's going to be pretty much a clean pregame. Right. So to speak. I mean, there's, there's going to be, they no tried, they tried what's to get them to, they tried to bait Brandon Graham and Mahomes both into saying something about the other one and neither one of them would give an inch without giving the other one the biggest amount of paid respect compliment flowers they could neither one yeah. of them was going near it yeah you gotta love you gotta love that part of it right um you know you gotta love that they that they that the players were were really smart enough to to really see through all of it and they just want to go out and play a really good game and you know it's part of me says Maybe maybe they want to do it for for the Kelseys too, right? Maybe maybe they want to make sure that the you know the Kelseys are um, 
you know, going into this game with their it's kind of the best the best mojo, right? So to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's There's no awkward uh, tension amongst them because you've got teammates of each other arguing with each other on Twitter or whatever. Exactly. Or, and the other part I think that factors into that that you're right on is is I think Andy probably has a big factor in it because he still holds a tremendous amount of respect for that organization over there in his own oh, right. T- Totally. Some totally. people may think he shouldn't and doesn't need to. That's also not your decision or your call to make. And he clearly does hold that respect for them. So I would be surprised if the memo wasn't do not the same as it was with the Bengals, which the biggest thing that the Chiefs said to the Bengals was Willie Gay said nothing. And I mean, he literally said the word nothing was his response <laughs> that drew everybody's <laughs> ire. Right. So, right. Um, from that perspective, though, I know that it's usually not a big thing for the players. What's it, what is it to you that the quarterback seems to absolutely go dig up this stuff and find one or two of those little chip things and then thrive off of it and eat. And, and he seems to do that. Michael Jordan, I will find anything to take personally mentality type thing. Yeah. You mean talking about Patrick? Uh Yeah. I mean, look, it's some players like that, right? They, they like playing with that chip on their shoulder and they, they want to kind of, you know, they want to, they, they want to go into the game with some extra motivation, right? These guys are, you know, they're at the top of their game. So they're always looking for something, right. That's going to be a little bit of an extra motivation. And, and I think that's, you know, that kind of, that's what drives Patrick. Sometimes he, he wants to have that because look, he's done it all right. He's, he's probably going to win the, the, the league MVP for the regular season. He's, he's, you know, if, if the chiefs win this game, he's probably going to win the super bowl MVP short of, you know, Jarek McKin- Jarek McKinnon or you know Chris Jones getting like five sacks or or Jarek McKinnon r- rushing for like four touchdowns and 150 yards right so um even if Travis goes off it's going to be because of Patrick so Patrick will probably get the MVP if if even if Travis has the game of his life or any of the receivers so you know I I think you know sometimes players you know need need a little bit of that extra motivation when they've been there done that you know hoisted the Super Bowl trophy had an MVP had a career so far like he's had that, you know, Hey, it's kind of fun to have a little something to go off of. You know, there's a lot of memes of Patrick out there doing the what, like, you know, what, like he, he, you know, he, he, you know, that one, my, one of my favorites is, you know, you know, uh, what was it? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, yeah. I'm here. You know, he was yelling, so, I'm here at Max Crosby from the sideline. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, Hey, listen, I love the fiery quarterback. I think it's great. And, and I love that they, you know, that he gets in there and, and he's doing what he's doing. How much respect is he gaining not only from the fan base, but also from his teammates for playing with, what is usually an injury that, you know, somebody could be in a boot for four or six weeks and not even, you know, see the light of day of the field. So it's just, it's pretty special, right? What he's doing. And um, to that level on that, on that injury thing, you, you watched Tony Pollard break his leg on almost an exact same play of that, just a little farther down the field and in that same method. And, And now obviously Patrick didn't break his leg, which is good, but, that high ankle sprain, as you mentioned, have you, have you, did you ever end up with one during your career? I, I never had a high ankle sprain. Okay. I've had rolled my, rolled my ankles, but I know that they are. I haven't brutal. had every single guy that I have watched that's played in this league that has had a high ankle sprain is like, I don't understand how he's doing what he's doing. Right. Awful. right. right. <laughs> it's, so. it's, 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 it's crazy, right. That he's actually, um, that he's actually doing that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Right. So With, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's Herculean what he's doing right now. 
with that extra motivation conversation with some guys, how much of a factor was do you think or would with some of the guys that you played with in this organization prior, would a game like what happened last year for Chris in the AFC title game and that motivation for this year's AFC title game? Because to him and from everything he said, that was basically his focal point. Get back to here, see this team, get this team, get my re- get my redemption, get this team's redemption, fix this problem. And that he seems to have used that as the fixation for most of the season. So how as a player does that become where do you where do you try to find that balance as a player because i know there's you there's an unhealthy balance in either way if you go yeah. too far it becomes an obsession that it eats you up and you overtrain and you overfocus and you miss everything else and you lose all that before this and it never gets there yeah and you don't want to you don't want to like play out of yourself right you don't you don't want to you don't want to overplay um you know you don't want to be the guy that um you know, tries too hard. And and at the end of the day, you know, you're kind of like, you're left out there just looking like, man, I, I put all this huff and puff into this game and I didn't, I didn't turn, I didn't turn it up. Right. I mean, you have a role to play too. I mean, people don't realize sometimes even in a, a position like Chris Jones, where, you know, you can get some fanfare, right. It's a little different than playing offensive line, you, you, you basically, you know, when you're playing offensive line, you, you kind of, you don't want your name in the paper, right? Cause it means you, you did something, you jumped off sides or, or you had a holding call at the wrong time. But I think, I think at, at a Chris Jones position, you know, there's, there's some very disciplined things that he's going to have to do in this game and in other, and he's had to do in other games where, you know, you, you also don't want your name in the paper because you've got a role to play. Right. And I think, one of the things fans uh, might not know about this since they haven't really seen a team run the, the, the RPO the way that the Eagles do. I mean, it's, it's, it's a true run pass option offense. And when I was coaching high school football coach for about 11 years and we ran the triple option and I know how hard it is to defend because you, you, you know, we would play against players who were way bigger than we were and somebody would say, how are you going to block number 96? He's huge. I would say, we're not going to block number 96. That's how we're going to block them because you, ha- you make them make choices, right? And, and you, you make them make decisions about what they're going to do, whether they're going to tackle the dive play, the running back, go after the quarterback, you know, pull, when the quarterback pulls the ball, then, you know, they think that, you know, they're going to, they're going to tackle the running back. And then all of a sudden the quarterback pulls the ball and throws it. Like it's a, it's tough. It takes a lot of discipline. So if I'm, you know, if I'm Chris Jones, maybe his role this week is to be the disciplined defensive tackle he needs to be and not try to make a sack because, you know, Jalen Hurts is the kind of quarterback that you, you, you don't want to go after him with like a pure sack, right? You, you want to, you want to get in his face and not give him any lanes to win with his feet because that's where he'll kill you. So you want to make sure your rush is disciplined and you're, you're getting in his face, you're getting your hands up to block balls as he's trying to throw over top of you. That's the way the Chiefs are going to win this game with disciplined offense, defense, not a pin your ears back and just go after him and do whatever you can. These quarterbacks today, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the, 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 the Jalen Hurts of the world, they thrive on being overrushed. Because they'll they'll pick you apart with their legs. They'll find the open spot in the pocket. They'll step up. 
They'll run the RPO. And next thing you know, you're left there just holding the bag, you know, while Jalen's running down the field or, or stepping up in the pocket and finding an extra receiver. It's not like the old statuesque quarterbacks of old, like John Elway and Dan Marino, you know, guys just sitting back there pumping the ball seven yards deep. And, you know, you try to build a parabola or, or like a, a half of an oval around them in a pocket. That's not the way it works anymore. Uh, with these kind of mobile quarterbacks. So anyway, I know it's a long answer. I went on a diatribe about it, but you know, I think Chris Jones, you know, he may not get the MVP, but they, the chiefs still may win defensively handily because of what he does in playing his role. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are uh, watching us on YouTube, you saw mm-hmm. our friend and my co-host Arrowhead, Tom, join us in the middle of Joe's answer there. So yeah. Tom, how are you this evening, sir? Oh, I tell you what, I, I apologize for being late, fellas, but there's nothing better than coming on and, and hearing our friend Joe talk about offensive and defensive line play. So that's what I was rushing back to get up here to talk about the big boys. I couldn't let couldn't miss out on that. So and this well, is a good matchup, Eagles and we Chiefs. We talked so. a little bit about Chris from last game and towards this <clears> game, but um, mm-hmm. I, I did want to touch more on that defensive side. Chris is a big factor in this game, but I think you mentioned a good thing about that, that they're probably going to try to use him in that read option as the pitch point, as the decider. So, Joe, from that thought process, Dana and Clark, especially Frank, with just what he's done in the postseason alone is kind of insane. But um, with him this week, I think those edge defenders become even more important. And Frank's always been so solid at setting that edge. What kind of role when you play that against that read option do those two edge defenders have when they're not being picked, used as the, as the pitch man or the read option, read portion of that read option? Well, they're, if, if they're not being, you know, if they're not being, um, you know, if they're not the option guy, we used to call it, right? The guy that you're looking to option, you, you, they, they've got to, they've got to be disciplined, right? They, they have to shed their blocks and play it like they're run, they're playing any other run play or, or you know, or rush play. The, the problem is in, in, in something in the in the RPO, you know, it it slows you down just enough. Um, it slows you down as a rusher just enough that. You, you know, if you see the quarterback looking like he's going to hand that ball off to a running back, then all of a sudden he pulls it and he steps back to pass. Then you've got to get your momentum started again. Right. So they're not only they're not only watching the guys that are, um, you know, being the option guy that, right, that you're not blocking. They're also doing it um, to to slow down the rush. And then what happens is then you start over pursuing. Right. And you think, oh, well, they're running it this time. So I'm going to dive in there and tackle the guy who's running the ball. Next thing you know, Jalen Hurts pulls the ball and he's got nobody rushing him and he's got five seconds to throw the ball. And then all of a sudden you think, well, no, this time I'm rushing him. I'm going to you know, he's definitely not going to pull it this time because Jalen's hurt and his shoulders hurt and he's going to pull the ball and or he's going to he's going to hand it off. And then, you know, next thing you know. Uh, you know, he hands it off and, and you're rushing the quarterback like with reckless abandon. And, and you saw you saw if you watch the Eagles 49ers game, you know, prior to the Chiefs game, they gashed the Niners on some some RPO. I mean, long runs like we're, they didn't no one even like touched Miles Sanders. And, and I think Kenneth Gainwell had one of those or maybe Boston Scott is like, hold like, w- wait a minute. Was there a defense out there? Like, what the yeah. heck just happened? So 
that's a you know that's what they're going to try to do and and so here's here's what here's what the the chiefs need to do this week and what they've needed to be doing all week they those guys needed to be repping jalen hurts miles sanders and and aj brown they needed to have the right pennies on the right guys and they needed they need some muscle memory because the, the chiefs haven't <clears throat> seen anything like this all year and it takes muscle memory to stop the option you know, you can't just watch it on film and say, oh, well, when he does this, like there's no tells. Like you can't just say, oh, when he does this, he's going to pull it and throw or he's going to pull it and run. And you've got to muscle memory that into your system and and get out and rep it. Like Marty used to say to us, Coach Schottenheimer used to say all the time, give him a look, boys, give him a look. And that meant really emulate the team when we were running scout, really emulate the player that you were supposed to be and give them a look so that when they get out on the field on Sunday – the defense has a natural, you know, reaction to what's coming at them rather than, than being blindsided by it. So it's a lot of chess chess game that's going to be going on with the preparation for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a lot about gap discipline, even even on the second level, right? Because that's where, um, you know, if your defensive line really, if they make the wrong call, right, they're they're probably going to get they're going to pick up positive yardage. And then, you know, you want your linebackers to read that correctly, too. And so it's, it, yeah, it really is, like you said, it's not so you could watch it on film till you're blue in the face, but till you're in that, in that exact moment and you got to, you know, make that decision, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot harder than uh, just watching it on, on film and going, oh, yeah, you pick, you know, this is the option. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting matchup. It's all, I think this, this rests squarely on the shoulders of, the defense for both teams in mm-hmm. stopping a unique offense to both because the Chiefs haven't seen the defense and the defense and the, and the Eagles haven't seen the Chiefs, someone like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at the helm all year. It's bit, This is going to be a mysterious game for these two uh, defenses. And then obviously on the other side of the ball, because these teams are so evenly matched, I think in most areas, they're very similar in a lot of areas, a lot of parallels mm-hmm. between their they're diverse running, the diverse uh, receiving core. They got running backs that are, you know, very kind of scat backies. Not there's no Derrick Henrys or Christian Okoye's back there that are going to maul you. You know, they've got defenses that are very similar. Offensive lines that I think are the two best offensive lines in the NFL. Up and down, the it's all the same except mm-hmm. for the offensive philosophy of each, and then what the quarterback's going to be able to do to execute. So it really comes down to the way the entire defenses play. And also the way the quarterback plays. So, and yeah, and they're both both quarterbacks being dinged, right, Tom? Yeah, they're they're both dinged up. And I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the next question but just to jump to the other side because we talked about this the last episode in terms of the Chiefs' offensive line. Like you said, these are the, some of the probably the two best lines, uh, two best offenses, but two of the best offensive lines in the in the league. Um, you know, the Eagles they've only played. I, I did this. I did the math the last episode. They've only played three teams this season that finished in the top 10, uh, you know, in pass, pass block win percentage. Um, and they, and then the, within their division, they had three other teams that were, were in the bottom five and they had a lot of those. So how do you think, especially because I know you've got a little, you know, you're invested in both teams here. Um, how do yeah. you think that that Philly pass rush is going to uh, match up with the, the Chiefs offensive line? Cause I don't think they've seen an offensive line this good all year. No, definitely not. No, there, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot, like I said, of mystery going into to this game for mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Not seeing similar type um, positions on the other side. Here's what I would say: the, the 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 Chiefs have got to do a good job on their single blocks, right? So Andrew Wiley 
is probably going to be the one that Hassan Reddick rushes one-on-one most of the game if the, if the Eagles can get the pass protection to set to, to Creed Humphrey's left, right? So watch, the, watch Creed Humphrey in the game. Watch where he points. Watch where Patrick points the center because what they're doing is they're declaring the strength of the rush and they're saying, okay, Creed, you go left, right, if you're uncovered if they had a, a basic four man front and they'll declare one of the linebackers, you know, to the left or the strong safety or somebody who looks like they're blitzing to the left. So you get a, a three on two matchup to start. And then you have the extra lineman in case somebody blitzes. And then the other side would be the hot side for Patrick, right? If somebody comes off of that side, he knows the center's going left. I've got to take the, I've got to take the blitz to the right. And then I've got two one-on-one blocks between a DT and a D end. So that is that is what fans need to watch for. How many times can the Eagles get the matchup that they want singled up? And I think, if if I'm not mistaken, just if I were to watch film year over, you know, game after game, I'd have to say that they're going to try to get their best pass rusher on Andrew Wiley because he's probably the one that has you know it's not that he struggled, but he struggled the most of any of the offensive linemen when it comes to pass protection. So that's what I think the Eagles are going to try to do. They're going to try to get the Chiefs to set the protection away from guys like Kazan Reddick, who's a fantastic pass rusher. I mean, there's four four of the Eagles, you know, I think defensive linemen or, or pass rushers have double-digit sacks. So, yeah. you know, it's really not a weak link on the defensive front for the Eagles, but I think they're going to try to get their best matchups on those one-on-one sides. So, you know, as soon as you see Creed Humphrey declare a side, watch the opposite side and see what happens with those one-on-one matchups. Yeah. And their defensive line is stacked. We talked about that last episode too. And then they, you can kind of mix and they can mix and match. So definitely gonna have to watch pay attention to Creed and, and Patrick and how they yeah. set the protections just on the different looks that they're going to get again, a unique, unique matchup yeah. there. Cause I think you can make the same argument and say, yeah, the Eagles haven't seen a line like the chiefs, but I don't think the chiefs have seen a defensive line like the Eagles. So. All right. Well, we have uh, we have used all of Joe's time here, so we are going to go ahead and get on out of here. Joe's got his uh, connections to both sides of the matchup, as we as we briefly discussed there. Um, Joe's got Philly roots with some Chiefs background, so um, you guys, if you missed it on our first time we had Joe on. We did mm-hmm. talk a whole bunch about his uh, Philly background and where he's from and whatnot. So if you want to jump into that, check that out. Um, please make sure to go watch the recap episode, that, or uh, not the recap episode, the preview episode we did with Country earlier this week. The contest update and the artist check-in with Corey we did yet earlier today, um, which you won't be seeing this until tomorrow, but it's today right now. So on Wednesday when it came out. And uh, definitely follow us on all of our socials. Go check out Joe's podcast, Believe in Chiefs, over on the Believe Network. Um, and follow Joe at his handle, which if you're on YouTube, which if you aren't on YouTube and you're listening on a podcast, please go over to the YouTube page, like, subscribe, help us out there. Also, like, subscribe, and leave us a review on all the podcast pages. Um, and we will happily get you guys some more content. Stay tuned. There may be a Spaces this weekend in prep of the big game as well. So... Um, with that, Arrowhead Tom, do you have anything else you want to give to the folks before we get ready for Patrick and company to try to bring home another Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, uh, just want like I said, I know I got here late. Just want to give another shout out to Joe. Uh, always great to have him on. Great friend of the pod. Great mind. Uh, Love hearing him talk about the trenches, and, and I think everything he said today uh, was just was so spot on. And, and I think I learned 
just every time he talks. So make sure you're following him. If you're a Chiefs fan, uh, consider him a must follow. So again, that's yes. at Joe Valerio, V-A-L-E-R-I-O 73 on Twitter. Um, and that he's got his links to his other socials on there. So yeah. again, shout out to Joe. Thanks for being there. Um, man, this is going to be an exciting matchup. So looking forward to talking about, you know, again, we're, and we've got lots of guests and, and uh, make sure you stay tuned this, this week and even after, cause it's almost, it's, it's almost draft season. I mean, it's been draft season. It's almost the season where Kyle lets me talk about the draft. Almost. You're right. It's almost, but we're not quite there yet. And you're getting your whole own set of segments and time to talk about that and some more fun stuff coming out for you guys on that front. So stay tuned there. But with that said, follow the Kingdom Says Pod. That's the handle on basically all the socials. Follow myself, Caden16. Follow the invisible Garrett720, who is not here currently. Follow Arrowhead Tom, and we'll see you guys next time. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.